is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Series 7, Episode 4, and I have no idea where to start. There's a football coach talking about revolutionaries and... Russia and Ukraine and Gandhi and Che Guevara and Rosa Luxemburg. We've got movers and shakers parties in two different cities, Hachi. We've got the sounding board being critiqued for its own critique of someone else. We've got to get to that at some stage. We've got Elbow continuing his uh, charm offensive. Craig Hutchison, you take it away because there are a multitude of options upon our start point today on the sounding board. Firstly, very mindful and saddened by some of the world events, and we'll get to that very, very soon, and just bear with us for that, and we'll get into those issues shortly. But I want to just quickly acknowledge my apology. You apologize. Off the top. Um, I've, I've misread the landscape. I thought I was in touch with how a story might travel and how it might actually be um, moved through the system, but our light-hearted, tongue-in-cheek assessment of Anthony Albanese's photo shoot with the Women's Weekly last week caused a furor in we, the We, we in the thought papers. it was lighthearted. We, we thought we delivered it in a lighthearted way, knowing we had and no idea about fashion. We fell for our own trap, Damo. The spoken word <laughs> delivered with mirth and a little bit of humour. Uh, when it's written point blank. In when, self-condescending yeah. ways. When well, I, we when thought I, they say, were. I tell you what, gee, I reckon he's overreached with the, when you read it in the Herald Sun. The, the pant. I tell you what, I reckon he has overreached with the... With the pants. So the Herald Sun had done a yarn on Friday. We clickbait now, you and I, by the way. How'd that happen? Well, you alerted me to this. We're two washed-up Herald Sun journalists who are now being written about rather than for. Um, I'd got through my Friday without looking at anything at that, at that stage. Then you alerted me to this link to a news.com.au piece, which when I did click onto it, actually, had sort of reasonably taken off. Anthony Albanese's new look and photo shoot, the Herald Sun writes, has got two Australian media veterans <laughs> questioning the Labor leader's quote-unquote bowling shoes, tight chinos and having the sleeves of his shirt rolled up. Journalists, I said, I don't like still being called a journalist. I can't shake this skin. Journalist Damien Barrett and yours truly discussed new pictures of the leader. Actually, oppos- you've been called many things worse, mate. Uh, I was surprised by the Labor leader's move to agree to the story. Uh, we giggled our way down the rest of the would-be. Oh, there you go. There's outfit. a reference to the, the tone. Yeah, they got that away. And then and then, then, you, then you, got, you got hit up for... Daring to have an assessment of someone's yeah, well, attire. That was the whole joke. I, I was left <laughs> out of this one, by the way. I didn't cop too much uh, backlash. Then they've gone the, the photo and they found a, a shot of you looking like you're suave at an event. <laughs> they found a, a shot of me taking when I'm not looking, looking the other way. I was disappointed they didn't use the one where you had your collar um, tucked into your jacket as you were leaving the footy show for oh, the last no, time all those years ago. Don't worry. Those who responded to the said article on Twitter, they, they found that, story, that, that picture. Oh, they found- Pretty comfortably. The next, if you read the uh, the comments down, I'm not sure if Jane bought them. If you read the comments down, there's about 150 people attacking me for <laughs> daring to have an opinion on our, on Alvo's photo shoot. And it sounds like it connected. I saw Mamma Mia wrote a piece saying it was the right move, the right platform. So I have misread the room, Damo. I put my hand up. It travelled well. The Women's Weekly piece was well consumed. And for those who... It was well consumed after people read the news.com.au piece, actually, that, that we contributed to. The, the people were lining up like I was the Antichrist for daring <laughs> to have an opinion on how someone looks, given the way I look. It was really um, a reassuring way to end a Friday afternoon just reading through the feedback. 
And for those that perhaps have just, and most of them for people who don't listen to our podcast or have just read, oh, who are these two washed up bloody no, veterans, veterans having an opinion on how someone looks? Look at them. Have a look at this bloke. He's the bloke having an opinion. That was all. <laughs> that the, was our point. Yeah, the, <laughs> it, so for those who. I think they left out that article the fact that we'd said two or three times each, what would we know about this topic we're talking about? And yeah, and we were we were attacked as if we were, a lot of people said we were, we were, Doing the Liberal Party's work. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Think, yeah, ScoMo, we've begged ScoMo more than any other individual or topic or organisation in the seven years of this show. And we were getting accused last week of actually being, being on his of, side because of the, in inverted commas, attack on Elbow. Someone said we'd been put up to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've seen the lack of quality of this podcast at times. No one's putting us up to any of this stuff, <laughs> unfortunately for them. Um, one thing we did. This is the sounding board for drink wise, by the way. If you're choosing to assess elbows, photo shoot, choose to drink wise. What we do need to do, Archie, is do as News Limited has been doing in recent times, and that is having, quote, a movers and shakers yes. forum. They've had a movers and shakers forum in Melbourne. They try and get all the big wigs in town. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a need for the big wigs to go or at least consider going because they don't want to not go and be talked about for not going and they want to be photographed well, and, and, and spoken about favourably and looked after the next time they're written about in the paper. They had one in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago and then they had one in Sydney not that long ago to, to basically, well, the way I read it, was to effectively launch the uh, Piers Morgan yeah. recruitment. I'll come to that in a sec because I've got some views on that. The movers and shakers. Movers and shakers. For, that, that's the phrase used in those articles. Now, I can talk from personal experience. Yep. Invited once. Were you? To, to, uh, the, to the News Limited one? In, in its early days, before it became, wow. like about three years ago. Yeah. Uh, I was unavailable on the, at the time. Right. Not invited again. <laughs> if you are invited to a Movers and Shakers, it is offensive to not attend. Well, News Limited does hold grudges. Well, I, I would they would have just been fair enough too. They just put a line through me. No. Okay. Well, if you're not, if you can't even move yourself into our event, which is the whole point. And point shake of, yourself there. And everyone is now... Worried about not attending the movers and shakers, so there is a there is a consequence. I, got, I mean, Gil went up to Sydney for the, uh, for the event and sat with the NRL. That's how that's how much uh, the AFL took it seriously. It, it, and then you've got to do the obligationary. So, so tell me through this, actually. I, I like it when you take people behind the scenes and, and you you deliver this stuff far better than I do. So I, I always defer to you. So the invitation comes to. Let's say Gil McLaughlin. It's another another influential person in society. It'll yep. be easy for you to talk about. So comes into the office and PA oh, no. gets the invitation. No, I'll tell you how it goes. Um, Brian Walsh, who's a regular um, consumer of all things media, so this won't be lost on him, this audio, the head of corporate affairs at the AFL. He one looks of, after Gil McLaughlin. Yeah, one of, the, uh, one of the best, by the way. Life. Former Herald Sun alumni and one of the best. As you know, he would have walked into the Gil's office. Yeah, he's one, of the, he's one of the few allowed in without actually having a knock. And he would have, because you always think there's a controversy when he walks in, so you come on in. And he would have said, right, yeah, uh, just heads up. <laughs> it hasn't arrived yet, but you'll find tomorrow <laughs> there's an invitation coming from the Movers and Shakers. I've spoken to London, and it would be a quote-unquote bad look <laughs> if you weren't there. They'd really appreciate any cooperation, and you may need to go to Sydney as well. <laughs> now, I know that you, I, oh, I you, yeah, you do and, have to go. And then Gillard right would say, well, how's my diary? Already checked it. It's, there's a hole in there, and you wouldn't believe it. Spoken you to Judy, and we've moved some things around. So that's, that's how it works. That's, in, how, that's yeah. how it would have gone. And he, Bill, being very savvy, would have said, yep, fair enough. I mean, Lachlan went to the one in Sydney. He couldn't afford not to go there. In essence, one of your biggest customers. So it's I'm not... I'm not making uh, light of the event. I think it's smart business to actually leverage your relationships into an event 
Um, it's not terribly in touch what, with the common person who reads the paper, but that's no. beside the point. I think that is the point, that you elevate yourself above the reader to say, this is who we're moving and shaking with, and we'll tell you about I, it. I, I liked it. If, if invited again. <laughs> oh, here we go. We're going to put out an APB on this. If there's a re- Hachi, News Limited, please. Who, yeah. Who's in charge there now? Jen Bremmel? Is she still distributing these? Jen invites? would be very influential on this list, I'd say. Uh, if, if there is a like reserves event, like the backup event, <laughs> where Damo and I could attend. No, 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 no. I won't be invited and I won't be going. No, I would commit that we would both go to the no, no. backup event. No. I'll and go as your plus Try one. and earn our stripes to be elevated into the seniors at some point again in the future. Yeah, they do listen to this show. They always know when we say bad things about it, and they always it always gets back to them. So, so they will hear this plea now for you to be invited to the next movers and shakers. I, I like it. I think it's a great way to leverage content. It's a clever. It's a clever marketing idea. By the way, speaking of Pierce, for, the, for those who criticised the Pierce Scott Morrison photo, oh. and Kevin Rudd was the leader of the pack, but there was a whole bunch of others. <laughs> he, here's the deal, right? They misread the room. News Limited have spent a bomb getting Pierce Morgan back. Now, you can agree with that, you can disagree with yeah. that. Part of the reason they did that is because you will either agree or disagree with it, but you'll have a strong view. Well, he just creates headlines. He, he wakes up and there's yep. a headline He's one of the best. waiting to be written about him, and if it's not, he'll give him a reason to write a headline. He, 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 quite, he might possibly be in the Paris Hilton conversation. You know my regard for Paris in, a, in her- Media savvy ways. Uh, media savvy ways. Yep. As one of the best social marketers of our time. Of himself. Piers Morgan. Unbelievable social marketer, playing everyone on the break. He building a product about himself- Yeah. Based on the back of people disliking what he says and them not realising they are the subject of the product. And the storm off on set when he just had he clearly had enough of his show in, in England running related to the Meghan Markle fallout. He was ready to go, wasn't he? Running rings around them at the moment. He probably already had the, deal, the job done. <laughs> um, don't think for a minute. He just fell out of a job and suddenly no. landed in another one. No. And so what, what I suspect's happening with Piers is this. He's been paid a bomb. You, know, you read the reports, it's tens of millions of dollars. Yep. They're going to put his show on in multiple countries. And I would think the check for that is so hefty, it's being shared among the PLs. You know, US are paying 40%, England are paying 30%, Australia are probably getting 10% of the time. It's tab. your sort of deal, isn't it, where you can just um, yeah. move the cost around? Say, say he's off books. Well, I don't know what his number is 10, 15, 20 million a year. It's a big number. Say, say Sky News are paying a million a bit. Would it be? It wouldn't be 20. It's a, it's it? a, it's a lot of money he's getting. That, that's a lot of money. To... Well, it's on the public record. Let me Google it? it while we talk. I was just using that as an example number. Yeah. And so. Understandably, people at Sky News are saying, well, hang on, we're copping a million dollars on the PL of this bloke. Sure, least thing you can do is get him out to the launch. And that's and he says, well, I'm going to fly to Australia for two days because they're part of the check. But right? I'll, I'll only come out if you line up the two political party leaders for me. Well, he he wouldn't have, they would have said, it's here it is. Uh, Press Gazette reported it was around 50 million pounds over three years. So oh, yeah. what's that? Yeah. 80, 80 million Australian, 70 million Australian? Yeah, be, it would be rough ballpark number on that. That's 20, For yeah. three years. 20 to yeah, 20 20's million. actually undersold. So if Sky News aren't paying one to two million of that, I'll go, hey, in Australia, like yeah. on that piano. On that, yeah. And so as a result of that, they want to leverage that. And as part of that, they would have said, we're going to need you to sit down with both the Prime Minister and, our man, our and the Leader of the Opposition. And 100% of you are the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition, where News Limited's biggest investment flies in who's got 1.6 million Twitter followers and his ability to help shape opinions, you take that meeting. If but they're also the backing the the, the um, ScoMo horse, too, in the race. No, oh, I don't accept that. He well, was... well, they are. Well, sorry. Archie, <laughs> they've let him off everything. Different issues. Yes, news are. Yes, yes. yes. Piers isn't yet. Why? Well, he doesn't he wouldn't care. He doesn't yeah. need to back anyone. But to clarify, I think 
It's fair to say news. Have, uh, no, no, they are. There's been no U-turn yet. It's, it look, look out for it, by the way, but it hasn't come yet. Oh, they can jump ship. But um, <laughs> They can abandon ship. He's entitled to see ScoMo, and he should. Yep. ScoMo absolutely should have seen him, and the same with Elbow. And the only problem was the Albanese meeting happened 24 hours earlier, and the photo <laughs> didn't get shared, yeah. whereas he just innocently goes, oh, here I am with ScoMo, because he can be a bit half so- socially naive at times, Piers, it's too for all his brilliance. And- Created this storm where and that was on the morning of the of the, of the realization nationally of the the catastrophe and crisis of Queensland yeah. being flooded, yep. and the narrative was going. Well, here he is prepared to sit down with a, yeah. a, a not even an Australian media identity, but an English one. At the time, the country is again going yes. under. It looked out of step, and it had happened twenty four hours earlier. It didn't travel well in twenty four hours. These things happen. So I have no problem with any of that demo at all. all hey, right. by the way, I want to ask you about this. Sorry to move topics. I don't know how we became a press gallery product, by the way. We're, we're veterans, apparently. You and I might get asked to speak at the press club at some stage, do you think? What do you think? Why? Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> what would us, we be asked us, to speak at the press us, club? Us versus PVO at the press conference. That'd be good fun. <laughs> I see he did himself a mischief on Twitter and had to uh, retract the other day. Did he? PVO, yeah. You're mad. Yep. So, hey. so what happened there? I haven't, I haven't got this one scheduled on my running sheet. Yeah, you have. I fed it into the WhatsApp. Did you? Yeah. Okay. You've been um, in good form this year, Hutchie, in the WhatsApp group, by the way. It's it's unusual. We're only four weeks in, four episodes into this year, and, and I think you're in good thought, WhatsApp form with, product, with regards to content for the show. I thought the product got a bit tired towards the end of last year. So. No, I think it was flying, but it's, uh, it's, it's going better this year because you're <laughs> and contributing. I, and I think I was responsible for it. <laughs> now, last, like I love, coaches are very unique creatures. Yep. You need to be a little kooky to be a great coach. And then you become kookier once you get the job. And then you you start to... to, to um, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your man, Luke Beveridge, gave us a very, very rare insight into his ability to play mind games on his players at the season launch. And he spoke about the journey to be revolutionary and a revolutionist. And part of that was his talk about, you know, to start a revolution in the first place. And he drew on a lot of historical oh. moments and more recent moments. I'll give you my opinion in a minute. Have a listen to some of his work at the season launch, Luke Beveridge. Che Guevara, in his motorcycle diaries, says to be a revolutionist, you first need a revolution. And he's right, of course, but uh, someone or some group needs to start the revolution. And uh, on a more football-centric scale, our Bulldogs' revolutionary intent is to establish ourselves as a ben- benchmark in this competition. And there, there's also references to, to Euro- Ukraine and Russia. There yeah, was well, have, we got, have we got that? Yep, let's play that. And in these times when we're processing the inherent effects of COVID and the uncertainty of its legacy in the future, the uncertainty about the environment, the carbon footprints worldwide, and now the atrocity of the Russian advance on Ukraine. There are questions we ask of ourselves. What kind of person am I? And what would I do if I could influence some of these significant events? So it was a different launch speech. Please, Archie. I suspect we're going to be on different pages on this, (laughs) knowing you and knowing what I... I I know what you're like, Archie. Of course we're going to be on different pages. And you know, you're going to be saying things that you think you need to say... And I'll say things I'll that I my, actually think. I'll give you my honest... There's a, there's a difference between you and me. Honest to goodness opinion yeah. to start. Without a hint of spin, this is how I felt watching it. Because you, I was alerted to it. And so I watched it. I loved it. Oh, 
That was a dollar oh one, Hutchie. They framed the market that you were going to say that when we talked about it. That he says to players that he brings them on a journey with and, yep. and opens their horizons yep. that they buy into, and it hasn't always worked, but most of his themes have been on the money over the years. Yep. It was an insight into the type of language that players hear. Oh, no, it's not. No, please, Hutchie. Who, who's Rosa Luxemburg? That was another reference to Rosa hang, Luxemburg. Hang on a second. And he took you behind the curtain of how he thinks about the world <laughs> and differently. And I thought it was great. And I understood the narrative really well. It was all oh, about you... was all about analysing who you think you are at the core as a character, yep. what you can do to influence others, yep. and how you can apply that to your football. And you're a footy coach, coaching a bunch of 48, 48 so you... players aged between 33 and I want to add, 18. I want to add the disclaimer. You're a footy coach. That Luke, Luke Beveridge and you do not see eye to eye. You had a famous incident at the Brownlow that you've neither of you recovered from. If you want to go back to historical podcasts, you can re- re- recap Damo and uh, Bevo series, series one, two, clashing in the corridor after the 2017 <laughs> Brownlow medal and never speaking since. So and, I want to put and, that asterisk on that, that of- incident happening and you being the journalist that you were referred to in that news.com.au article, Hachi, was the first person to text me after it within 90 seconds of yeah, it happening. Not every, day that's, that's see, how, well, uh, not every day you see a journalist and a coach um, – Exchange uh, physical um, uh, bumps in the corridor, that's for sure. Now, all that's in the past. What did you think? Be honest. Do you see it differently than me? Oh, look, again, Hachi, you're a dollar one to say that. I'm a dollar one with Luke Beveridge otherwise. But I, I get the need to be different. I, I, I don't get that sort of speech from a footy coach at a, at a season launch. I just don't. I mean, I'm, I think I'm wide eyed enough. And I think their supporters loved it. Do they? Well, I think so. They, they shared it very proudly on the yeah on the bulldogsfc.com.au. What does it What does it mean though, like for for a coach to be talking about Russia and Ukraine? Well, but and, and he was being respectful to their to the circumstances that were going on around the world at the same time. Was he? Yeah, yeah. He spoke with great reverence to the and, role of footy in the scheme of the world. But where, that, 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 here's my point. This is what I want to delve into: the role of footy in the scheme of things. Doesn't have a role. It doesn't have a role. It doesn't. But if you can use bigger things to inspire, so you're using carbon footprints and and pollution and floods in Queensland and and Rosa Luxemburg. Well, I I'd, I'd heard the name Hutchie. I, I still haven't even Googled to see who Rosa Luxemburg is. I, I I don't think too many people in that room would have known who Rosa Luxemburg. Well, and, and, th- and do you? I don't think it was. Uh, do, do you know who well, Rosa? No disrespect to the Bulldogs fans, but I, I don't think there's a no, lot it's, of. It's, it's, it's not, not like, really the type of demo for a well, for a historical lesson. Which is my point and. Talking about revolutions. But was he speaking to the room and, or the players? Actually, not all revolutions work, by the way, and and some revolutions aren't necessarily born of the right ideology to begin with, anyway. And I, I don't know where it's, I don't I'm know just where it's critical for critical state here. No, not actually, it's just, just because if it, if it been you know what I'd like to have heard from a from 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 a coach of a footy club that that lost the last year's grand final. What happened when we lost? Had the opposition kicked sixteen of the last seventeen goals of the game? I, I, I would have been more interested as as a sports loving person and a football journalist. That's my job. Than hearing a coach talk about Ukraine and Russia and carbon. But you're entitled to inspire your playing group and your supporter base, however you choose. You are as a coach. And and Jane's now telling me, and I think Jane would have googled this as I spoke, and she's nodding. Yes, Rosa Luxemburg was a revolutionary socialist. Marxist philosopher, Hachi. So what, what would that entail? Uh, Will Minson is what springs to mind. <laughs> Will Minson. <laughs> Similar type of you know, you know, philosophies and 
attitude to the game. <laughs> that was the first thing that sprung into my head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, I'm not. I don't have a major problem with this. You do have a problem with it. You, no, do, you, just, you look. You roll your eyes at everything the guy does. I. The only thing I'll concede on is that this. was a rambling speech, Archie. You've got to admit that. No, I, and, and for those who want to hear the whole, it was a tight five. Lot, it was a tight five. He brought it back at the end. <laughs> a I tight five. Did you listen to the whole clip? Did you? Yeah, five minutes. Oh one, it went on there. Like, oh, I've got a short attention span. The first thing I do is check. I'm surprised you went five oh one. The first thing I do when I check the short attention span is how long a clip goes. <laughs> I go to the end. I go five oh one. I can deal with that. I'm in an Uber. Way I go. I watched it on the way home last night from dinner. If you had, if you hadn't given, if there was no time limit on that, there's no chance I'm watching it. <laughs> So well, I, I, I sent you the link. I, I sent you the yeah, link. Yeah, of course you did. I, I you've, got, you've, got, you've, got, you've got Google alerts no, on Bevo. I, I got it. I got it sent to me about fifteen people within twenty minutes of it finishing. Um, I, I, I didn't get through the five hundred one, Hutchie. I, I'll be honest, but I, I served the ground enough ground. The mention of Shea Guevara and Rosa Luxemburg, yep. I, I started tuning it, out. Uh, admittedly, the only thing I would agree with you on is it did look a little unusual coming from someone wearing it with a handlebar mustache. Oh, Nessie. I don't think you need to go there. You, you went there last week on someone's attire, Hutchie. This we picked up on news.com. No, you again, he's, you're now talking about someone's. He's, he's got the. And I'll get roped into this too because of my history with him and I'll be in trouble as well. I love the Retract look. Retract that. I love the look. It's a summer look. I don't think it lasts around one, to be fair. And we've all had the summer looks. You don't like long hair or facial. No, hair, I, I, even though you've got facial hair at the moment. But, but it, it was a, it did look a little out of step with the history lesson. That was all. But I loved the content. I thought the content was fantastic. Did you backpedal there, haven't you? Hey, speaking of uh, no, <laughs> you pa- back over no patience, I was in. I won't. No names. This, this is going to change topic now. No names. No patrol. I was down in Tassie for the Wildcats game on Monday night, and I was leaving the venue with a bunch of basketball identities. Let's say I was in the car getting a lift back to the hotel. Can you name names? And the Rogues Bogues podcast was on. Your man. Yeah, which is great content. Are you talking again, you too? Yep. Andrew, Andrew Bogart? Great yeah. content. And the car driver was playing the podcast at 1.5 speed so that it's quicker. The, the Rogues Bogues podcast? Yeah. So I, I thought, gee, Andrew Bogart's speaking fast. And I said, what's going on here? He said, oh, no, I, I've got it on 1.5 because you, you can listen to- I have seen that you can listen quicker on, on, is it Spotify when you listen to it? Listen yeah. quicker. So yeah. he's at 1.5 and so the 54-minute podcast is done in- you know, fifty whatever it is, fifty percent less time, or or thirty three percent. Which of the two is it? I don't know. Anyway, so you listen to the conversation, in, and I, I said, "How short an attention span do you need to quicken the human language to no, consume a is... podcast?" And the guy in the back goes, "I'm a one point three on my podcast." So I <laughs> asked, variance of the speed. I asked the audience out there, "How many of you listen to us at speed, and what is the speed you listen to us at?" And how impatient in life do you need to be to not be able to sit for 40 minutes and just listen to us talk? Since since Adam was a boy, people have spoken at the same speed at the same rate. Why do we need to feel the need to quicken people up in the podcast? Well, Hutchie, if you would have listened to Luke Beveridge at 1.5 speed, Jane, help me with the maths here, because I did do year 12 maths, but it's a very long time ago now, Hutchie. You would have been able to listen to it in, what's that one? <laughs> Four and a half minutes, Hutchie. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. No, you listen to that, Jane. No, I'll, I'll tell you what we're going to do. If Jane has the means to do this, and Jane doesn't have much on her plate lately, so I'm sure she'll love a little bit of extra work to do. We're going to release a, <laughs> no, a separate five questions at 1.5 speed today. <laughs> no, we're not. For those who haven't no. got the time to listen no, to no, us, actually, who want to just burn through it. You, you've lost your plot we're here. Gonna, yeah, I'm t- I think this news.com.au piece of last week has got to you. 
That's a small sample size of one car. I'm telling you, there are people out there who cannot, <laughs> haven't got the patience to listen to a podcast in real time and are speeding us up right now. <laughs> Hachi, yeah, if, you, if you are noticing yourself speed us up right now and whatever where you're doing it, please drop us a tweet or a message. You're going to lose nuance and context if you speed people up, Hachi. Well, that's what I would have thought. I mean, well, maybe the person who wrote that news.com.au piece listened to us at 1.5. Inflections. Like, <laughs> inflections are worse. Gee, he's really gone out. He's really on the attack here. Well, no, he was just being played at 1.5 speed. <laughs> it just sounded like he just went up about it. He actually wasn't even that angry. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I had no idea people do that. Jane, can I ask you, have you ever heard of that? You're in podcasts. You produce Don't Shoot the Messenger. It's it's really common for people to speed stuff up and audiobooks <laughs> as well. I don't have time to listen to 45 yeah. minutes. of, And I just find it incredibly offensive. That <laughs> Do you really? I, I can't because... When Don't Shoot the Messenger launched, people were saying, there's something wrong with the podcast, they're talking. And people had accidentally set their podcast player really quick and we sounded like chipmunks. And <laughs> it's it's a huge issue, but if it can cut 10 minutes off. So I, I, I'm, we make 200 plus podcasts a week and I had no <laughs> idea there was a legion of people out there speeding them up. Yep. I am so out of touch. Can you speed music up? I don't, I don't think so, Damo. No, you can actually cut the gaps out too. So not actually speed up, but whenever you pause, you can set your podcast yeah. player to say, get oh. rid of the gap. So you're not actually speeding the voices up, but you're just not getting all the gaps. I wish we'd been on, uh, been sped up that time we had the boat incident. We, <laughs> we've got a problem here. <laughs> Famous, we've got a problem here episode. You were on the speed boat at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we oh. want your feedback. So, Jane will ask a question I don't on social. Know you do. I don't, this the Twitter poll is this: Do you speed up our podcast when you listen? Because we can slow down a little bit if we, or we, we can quicken it up if we, if we're not getting your attention. Okay. Out of speeding up podcasts into into a relatively serious media issue. Oh, just oh, you got another one. Yeah. Sorry. Is you coming up? Yep. Before we leave um, News Corp, can you get to the bottom of this for me? Yeah. Might. I was flicking around the TV Friday night or Saturday, and the Russia Today channel, which I didn't know existed on Foxtel, was still there. There's a there's a there's a channel about Russia on Foxtel. On Foxtel, <laughs> right? And I, I I remember looking and thinking, I've discovered this. That's, I didn't know it was actually because there's a lot of channels. There's like 800, 900 channels, and you lose track of what. Anyway, so then I, I made a note. I thought I better ask Damo about that. You made a note, did you? <laughs> And then I saw this, um, which didn't get a lot of airtime, by the way, because it didn't run, obviously run in the, in the newspapers. But um, <laughs> uh, Amanda Mead for The Guardian said, the Kremlin-backed RT channel, which has reported that Russian troops are trying to liberate Ukraine, has been suspended by Foxtel in Australia. In view of concern, Russia today is currently unavailable on Foxtel and Flash. They made the decision after monitoring the broadcast and assessing its tone. Unbelievable, isn't it? So just to back over this, I hadn't caught up with this. This is a pro-Russian presentation station. Yeah, it's a global channel. How's this not more outrage about this? No, but there's nothing to do with Foxtel. They just with the recipient. Well, no, it is if, they, if they're there. No, they, Foxtel carry channels from all over the world. No, no, they're the responsibility on what you broadcast. But they made Don't, the, You can't wash your hands of that. They made the good call that the tone of the content was, in their view, changing. And we've since read about the attempt from Putin to influence local media and its coverage of yep. what's going on. Yep. So they made a strong call on the weekend. But I, I didn't – did you know they had a, a channel in the no, first place? No, yeah. I didn't. I don't I – don't, um, I wouldn't have come across that and wouldn't have stopped on it if I did. Probably not a bad way to segue into the, the thing I do want to talk about, Hutchie, and that being the, uh, the Jeff Bainbridge uh, ice pipe reporting. And I say that because of the responsibilities of, of reporting. Um, you just said Foxtel could possibly wash its hands. Should, should a journalist who – 
initially wrote an angle about there being an extortion attempt made on the subject, the subject being Jeff Bainbridge and, and, a, and a big businessman in Melbourne, um, Lark Distillery being one of the companies um, he was currently at the time associated with, previous to that, Grilled and, and other big businesses, a very successful and, and wealthy businessman, um, filmed taking ice and doing various other things in a, in a rant. Um, backstory initially reported by Chip Legrand that it, the video release was basically an extortion attempt against him and that monies had been paid over a period of time to hopefully, in Jeff's case, make the video go away. didn't go away, reported as video now public on the back of effectively a failed extortion attempt, subsequently proven to be not an extortion attempt, subsequently proven to be Jeff Bainbridge, well, at least to be in his own abode, doing the uh, video or where the video took place. Allegedly. Yep. Allegedly. And the Herald Sun, sorry, not Herald Sun, the news limited journalism I saw in the Media Watch clip you sent me was what uncovered it. They noticed the chandelier. Was it the chandelier? Yep. In, his, in his lounge room. And, and a particular style and type of mirror, which was, was unique was, was, to a house mirror. that was sold and, or sorry, bought and owned by the person in the video. Whereas his story had been it had happened overseas in Asia many years ago. And they said, hang on, that's the house you... Yeah. And it was an extravagant story that he'd woken up one morning with people in a, in a hotel room who he didn't know, showing him a video of the act the night before and him knowing at that point in time he was in trouble because of this video would come back and get him and that was reported that way by by Chip Legrand. And Chip, so the who, who likes to hold other people to account for their errors in media as, as a rule. What do you mean? Oh, no, I, I think he's a very good journalist, Chip, but but on this occasion he, he got this part of this story wrong. Yep. Yeah, well, he, he he was asked, he was sent questions about how it went wrong, and he, he said that um, Control Risks, a global risk consultancy, had analysed the extortion attempt and accepted the report. He said the video was provided to him by the publication, and he went on to talk. Yeah, yeah. And, He went and, on to and, defend and himself a little bit. that's all part of it, too, because yep. there was a publicist behind the scenes. Lara Carey yep. is her name, very well known in Melbourne for, for being a very good publicist. So... What I wanted to discuss this from the viewpoint of Hutch is where's the responsibility? Because I think you know my views on this. You you sometimes take a different view to to the presentation of a story and then that you present it, let other people make their judgments. I would take a view. What you're presenting has to stand up. At least at least that's your objective. And I would I would argue Chip does operate that way too. On this occasion, what he presented as, as a starting point to the story hasn't stood up. So then you go into the background and you are presented this version of events by the person who was the subject of the video. Behind the scenes, there's a publicist acting on that person's behalf. Yep. You think he fell in? I think it's fair to say he fell right in. Okay. Now, now I, I, I take issue with that side of it because I'm, I'm, see, I've, been, I've been in that side of it. You, know, you never know where you are and sometimes you just you do all your right checks and you just don't do the last one you should do. But well, when, you're, when you're presenting that story as an extortion threat, when it's, it's just an attempt to, you know, to not have the video released because other media are onto it, it, it takes on a different well, the, lens. Well, the suggestion from news slash ABC was that he had only got one side of the story, wasn't it? That he hadn't sought to get the alternate side of the story. So, so, so when it blows up, though, and this, again, you were, for a very long time, Hutch, you the best there's been at, at football reporting. So, so put, your, put that hat back on. Where would you be if that was you at this on this occasion? Well, leaving aside the absurdity of that sentence for a minute, the well, I think I, I think he's a fantastic journalist, Chip. I take your point that he's held other journalists to pretty high account over the journey, and really, that's, so. been, that's been part of his. 
Oh, it has been. I think that's fair. It's been part of his stick. I think he's been condescending about work of other journalists at times. I do. When? I just, I look, let, let me take, I mean, let, let's not make this part of yep. the conversation because I'm trying to get back to what you yep. present as an organisation and as an individual. I think he had, um, sometimes when the tone of the story you've got is so salacious, it's so... Salacious. Can't believe I've done that again. Pickers. So salacious. <laughs> Sorry. Apologies. Sometimes when the tone, that in, sometimes when the tone of the content you've got is, and that's not trivial. You get caught in the, you get caught in the, the excitement's not the word of the story because nothing, none of this is exciting. But you get caught in the momentum. Absolutely, of, you do. And yeah. you, and you, and there's a deadline attached, and and the deadline attached. You're racing against time, yeah. and you and you, you're being reaffirmed, and then someone else tells you it's true, and then before you know it, you're really, you you're buying your own momentum. Yep. And. You don't. You need really someone, a sub, to say, "Whoa, whoa, hang on a minute." Yeah. Let's just check a few things here. Like, have you tried or thought about this? Because you get headstrong on a story. I suspect he's just gone. This is a great yarn. I've got the video. Oh, we, well, it was a fantastic yarn. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, I came across the initial yarn and I, I read it and I thought, that's a good. I mean, that, that's an extraordinary story. The subject's convincing. I'm, I'm, and he fell in. I'm sceptical enough of all types of stories yep. of that nature to not necessarily believe him, Hutchie. And as such, I wasn't surprised to see there was a different take on what had actually happened. I, I would think he would be um, kicking himself like you and I have it many times many in the times, past. Many times. Many yep. times. Yep. And, but yeah, I think you need to be... And the, and the apology was probably a step short of what was needed too. Well, I don't think there was an apology, yeah, was well, it? Well, it was a, well, I, you know, we could have done this and we kind of done that and we'll watch, we're reviewing it and they're investigating it. You just need to say, you know what? Let's say we got it wrong. It's often the only way out. And yep. and you and I have done that many times, actually, because we have been wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, it's a sense of a deeper story there between you and Chip. I didn't know you were on different – No, 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 I didn't – Does that go back to the Essendon days, does it? No. No, that, I didn't want to get that part of it, part of the conversation, because it, you you were actually trying to let Foxtel wash its hands of the Russian station. Now, Archie, you've had brought some other audio to the occasion here, or another issue to the occasion. Do you, do you want to go down this path with the, the Channel Seven boys, or do you? We haven't talked about this prior to coming on air. You, you, it's not, I didn't bring it to the table. No, you brought the concept to the table. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I said go. long ago. You did. Yeah. That. Well, I mentioned Tom. Yeah. Started, Miss start, Cleary, Tom Brown. Yeah. Channel Seven. They'd started out as um, Channel 7's Hamish and Andy 1-2 uh, as a combo, but come March 1 when the first balls bounce, they'll be each other's biggest rival. That was my prediction, and, and, and it'll be good for the product. And the said. trade period videos where yep. they'll try to defer to each other and, and, and care what the other yeah, one said. Split screens, and they, that's right, Tom, and good point, Mitch. That's a really good story, Mitch. I reckon that's, that that's right, Tom, and good point, Mitches, are going to be parked, and we're going to see head-to-head <laughs> journalism. And I and I encourage it. I said to you, it'll, both oh, of them yeah. will be better for it. Because that's the way you used to operate. And it'll be good for the product. <laughs> you think you found the first instance of it. <laughs> well, I think I have. By the way, Tom's not taking holidays in November or October any, any time again. So his next day off 2027. Because Mitch has really hit the ground running yeah. in, in the initial foray into his uh, Channel 7 life. Now, tell me, because we haven't discussed this yeah. specific he's, part of this overall well, Mitch is, view, um, all right? Now, Tom, Tom is Ian Healy. There's no chance he's giving Gilly the gloves again when he goes away. <laughs> Who's Team Zero? Team Zero in all this. <laughs> um, right. You reckon you found the first instance? Well, tell me if I have. Mitch Clear reported that, that Sam Walsh was d- done, banged up, got to miss round one. Let's listen to, to Mitch and then hear a week later from Tom. Tim, Sam Walsh was under the knife to repair his syndesmosis on Tuesday and was already back at Blues HQ today. He's set to miss the first matches of his 61-game career and is looking at a minimum eight weeks on the sidelines, which will take him to at least round four. 
And an interesting one tonight that I can raise here on 7 News, a national reserves competition back on the agenda. That could see curtain raises in the future if they reintroduce that and even teams all travelling together. And just finally tonight, one on Carlton team and in particular Sam Walsh, some good news. Walsh, I understand, is telling some close confidants at Carlton that he's optimistic for round one after syndesmosis surgery just last week. He's apparently got reasonably full movement despite that moon boot in his ankle and foot. Now, clearly Carlton won't take any chances regarding round one, but it is good news as far as surgery was concerned and the early part of the season for Walsh, I understand, tonight, Tim. Right. <laughs> so Mitch broke the story, did he, about Sam Walsh? Or was one of the first? I, I, can't, you know, what, I no, can't remember. We won't, Mitch certainly reported. We won't give him the win. He was one of the reporters. He, he might have. I, I can't remember. But he did, he did saying round say one. he was out. So this is the... Um, or likely out. Now they're now both barracking for their respective outcomes, right? <laughs> He'll be checking, how's he going for round one? Is there anything I can do? Could I drop some ice around his house? Tom's barracking for his story to be right, and Mitch is like, I don't reckon he looks a lot on that foot. I'd give him another couple of weeks. So they're at opposing views on... Okay, so so if he's declared out, Mitch does the story, as revealed back on uh, January yep. 20, and if he's declared in, as I revealed last week, reckless recovery from injury. Is yep. that how it works? There's a couple of things here too. I reckon Tom has camouflaged... He's Sam Walsh piece at the end. He said to the, he said, I needed 15 seconds just to drop a line on the reserves comp. And the, so no one saw it coming. So he's gone, no, it could be a reserves comp this year. Oh, by the way, see, Sam Walsh. I hadn't thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> he's thrown the camouflage in at the back, and I've done that many times So the myself. news director has got no knowledge he's about to refute a story Correct. published by the same that, oh, because, see, I hadn't thought of this. Because if he says, <laughs> I need 15 Before at the back with an update on Sam Walsh, give me a brief okay. round one. What, what do you got? The what news got? director would have yeah. said. What do you got? What do you got, mate? Oh, so he's, he's learnt because if he had it gone with, I need 15 seconds because good news on Sam Walsh. It's not as bad as we reported that. Wait a second. Don't go reporting that. We told everyone last week he was out till round 10. Wait a second. So he's, so what he's done is he's learned. He goes, I just need 15. They've got a good story on the reserves. You ever listen? Have another listen to how quick he goes oh. through the reserve story. Let's play this again. The reserve story gets You're not about. You've played it s- twice, Archie. You've played it again. No, rewind it at 1.5 speed if you're listening to this to get to a quick. And an wanna- interesting one tonight that I can raise here on 7 News a national reserves competition back on the agenda. That could see curtain raises in the future if they reintroduce that and even teams all travelling together. And just finally tonight, one on Carlton Timmy in particular. <laughs> how quick did he move off that? <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what. The one that always incites other journalists is this one, which he didn't use, but if he had gone with this, yeah. it'd have been on. Despite reports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the ultimate venomous yeah. language for well, journalists. That's the Herald Sun's uh one would. Yep. They, they write something and then and then refute it. Reports last week suggested. <laughs> However. Yeah. Reports, reports in your paper. So if you hear um, at time or uh, Mitch do a despite reports about anyway, so there hey, by the way, it's healthy to have a different view and he has had surgery since and could have improved and all those things. So we put that out there as a bit of fun. But Our listeners are onto this, Archie, too, by the way. It's interesting. Yeah, okay. So we're away on that one. We've got one in the in the can for that one, for that particular topic. You've, that, that's exhibit A for uh, for that stash. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's a good – it's like the preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good hit out. It's a good – it's a it's a sign of things to come, I think, don't okay. <laughs> It's not necessarily the smoking gun. <laughs> But it was a reminder that there's going to be a head-to-head contest on come round one. Okay. Haji, there's a couple of things that amuse me for, for reasons that probably are lost on some people. But but one of the ones was the statement by the, the head of Victoria Police here, Shane Patton, some months ago over the Nadia Bartel plate incident where he was asked subsequent to the you know, the furor about it, around it uh, have you looked into it? And, and 
again, I'm paraphrasing a deeper conversation that he then responded with, but we haven't been able to prove what the substance was. Now, this is the might of the Victorian Police Force. Now, again, I get why they haven't decided to go down that path, but it was a strange statement to make because it it would have seemed, I would have thought the police might have been able to get to the bottom of it if they wanted to. I understand why they didn't, but that was the statement he made. Um, we now learn last week, and this is a quote also from the same person, police officers were sworn in, but the person swearing them in didn't have the valid powers to do so, so they didn't get the powers of a police officer. That's a reasonably large concern that police officers have been charging people without having the official legal power to do so. I'm not familiar with the story or the circumstances, but you're 100% on your own here. I am pro-police. Oh, I'm pro-police. Don't get me. I'm absolutely pro-police. I could not be more appreciative of the job they've done in their community and society. No, no, no. no, Hang on. Don't do the straw man argument on this one on me, on this show, Hutchie. (laughs) I just couldn't. I can't fault the way they act and behave on behalf of all of us. You you can't fault any aspect of not having the powers to lay charges? I I don't know what happened. I wouldn't have investigated the Nadia Bartel. It's not a good use of public funds anyway. No, no, but, but the event. statement was we haven't been able to ascertain what it was. Well, because they have probably haven't. If they spent a hundred hours on it. They probably could, right? But a hundred. Try about a minute. <laughs> try about a that's ten a poor, seconds. Poor use of public Nadia, time. Nadia, what was it? And a, who else in the room? What was that's it? That's a poor use of public time and funds. To, to oh, no, no, I, I get that. Yeah. I, I get that aspect of it, Hutchie. I mean, I endorse so, that aspect of it. But, but but answer it that way. We decided to let it off. Let, let it go. I just think they do a fantastic job. I do too, and that's not what I'm saying. You're on your own. And you know your comments don't travel well in the force when you when you dabble in these areas. In the force? <laughs> I'm directing them at the top of the force here, Hachi. The very top. Yeah, but you haven't even backed up your story. You haven't validated. You haven't said the circumstance. You just run a two... No, no, it's, it's a quote. Yeah, but what's the, what's the context? The police didn't have powers to... Which to, police? To, the ones that weren't sworn in properly. It's a bureaucratic bungle, Hachi. Yeah, but I'm, there's... there's Thousands oh, what, and thousands and what thousands. What do you think the lawyers of people who've been charged, rightly or wrongly, I won't say wrongly, rightly, yep. what will now do? This has got nothing to do with the individual police. I, I, I know many myself who are unbelievably I'm just, good I'm people. I'm just choosing to be supportive, Damo. No, I, well, I, not, I support the organisation, absolutely. I'm but not getting caught up in I'm your... I'm questioning what goes on at, at some levels of it, Hutchie. And that's got nothing to do with personality, Hutchie. Okay, question of the week time. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Lots of options. We'll go with Andrew Dowling's question, which came via Twitter. Sydney Morning Herald editor Bevan Shields was caught last week manufacturing, quote, fake news, close quote, about the Sydney train mess and directing staff to follow his narrative. He claimed it was a strike when the shutdown was actually caused by the New South Wales government. Have you ever been directed to contribute to fake news? It's a great question, Andrew. And for those who haven't seen it, Bevan Shields, uh, it was the, the WhatsApp exchange or the in-house exchange got leaked, wasn't it? Where he said it's a strike. Oh, look, I'm not aware of how it sort of emerged, but the, the reporting around it was that it was a, a strike of the, the union and it subsequently played out, Hutchie, and I'm not totally, totally across the issue because I want to just deal with the, the, the broader um, I suppose, uh, narrative of, of Andrew Dowling's question, but that, that it was actually the government preempting a potential move and, and actually making the call themselves. So, so it wasn't a strike. The train system was shut down, but but who ordered yeah. it shut down? His journalist had said the union essentially made it unsafe to run the network today, hence using industrial action. And so he responded to saying, well, that's a strike. Now, I think he was saying, as presented to me there, 
in that context, it's a strike rather than he's hurt, it's a strike himself. But he's yep. getting the blame laid at his feet for yeah, and and, and then we also in the government, the, the minister and the, and the premier both said they didn't know. So chances are the editor's been on the phone to um, the ministry saying, "What's happened here? Oh no, it's not us." Yeah, it's always spin. Yep. And and Andrew, I think the use of the phrase "fake news" in in this um, question, and you have put that word um, in inverted commas yourself. I'm not. I don't see this as a fake news issue. I, I see it as a um, a uh, clash of what actually happened issue, um, different versions of events issue, but but I, I don't think that it's come from a, this is a deliberately misleading story. I, I don't think any journalist would deliberately, or if, if they did, they shouldn't be in the caper, but I, I don't see it that way. The, the, I, I just see that the story, and as we know, Hutchie, and as we speak regularly, you, you, it's at one point in time, the, the strike might have been the most prominent threat, and it might have been the most prominent threat at the point of publication, but but to then double down and 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 hold your position on it, I think, is where Andrew's question is, is pertaining to. I said the role of the journalist is to interrogate, to break, to be curious, to try and drive a story and to – the job of the sub-editor is to be dubious, curious, governance. The job of the editor probably is to push you a little bit and market that story as well. And I don't think that's a – I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I think the publisher and editor is looking for the best product they can get. Yeah. They often – And there's spin attached to every decision made by any government. You think about the times you fold his story over the years and the sub-editor will go, oh, I'm not sure about this and that, and the editor will go – no, I reckon we'll back you in here, and I reckon yeah. th- th- I can see this on the front looking like this. I mean, because I, so some of those, deci- and I don't want to go specific here, but some of those decisions that editors have to make at that point in time, I, I don't think I could yeah. make. I, they, 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 they live with it more than the journalist does. Well, you know, there's there's all so sorts of threats being made, ultimately not risk. necessarily to the person making the decision, but but about what might happen as a result of story being published, and. I don't know whether the, too many people are cut out for that job, Hutchie. And, and it's ultimately their risk, right? And ultimately, they've got another layer that the journalist doesn't have. The journalist is, could not care less about the commercial ramifications. No. Whereas the editor's in the in the crosshairs of that mm. the whole time. Mm. It probably goes on less now, the editor has I to think. Talk than... to the, well, the, the CEO has to say, why have you done this story on the front page today about X supermarket? They yep. spend 30 million bucks for this. And you've got them on the front page, and the editor needs to be able to stare that down and say, no, no, what you'll find is this. Or even if it's not a commercial deal, the the, the subject of the, the bad story, say, could, could be a, a personal friend of someone very well, well connected on the, the board of the company. Tell me an editor doesn't have a relationship with everyone who matters in town. Like the movers yeah. and shakers might as well be the editor's birthday party. You know, it's <laughs> it, it's true. So they, they have to walk the tightrope. One of the things I admire most about editors is uh, their means to walk but through the through the relationships while the, the team behind them. Um, uh, uh, reporting on them, yeah. on the subjects. And you, you actually start out naively enough to think that doesn't go on, but yep. the more you're in the game, you realise it's actually the dominant force of the game. And, they, and they, the masters at distance, oh, yeah, look, I'll look into that. I didn't realise he'd done that. And sorry about that. He, he felt passionate. In, editorial independence. Um, now, with all that being said, that sounds like we're defending Bevan Shields. He, he obviously made a blue. Uh, in the way you interpret yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm, de- I'm not defending that. I just, I'm just trying to give a a, a, um, a rationale as to how this can happen and and will happen again. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the starting point is is a position of being deliberately misleading or wrong. So, yeah, it's it's a complex issue, Andrew, and and decisions have to be made yep. in 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 split seconds that that the general public sometimes and, and I don't expect them to fully appreciate. Yep. Um, if you thought that argument was interesting, go back and put it into 1.5 or 2 and just speed through it. Or, or just use the other little option you've got to just fast forward over the whole lot. Yes, there we go. Just move on to the next thing. That's what uh, most people do when we talk politics. And, and, and fashion. <laughs> that was episode four of this seventh series of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Well, the audience out there. 
how many of you listen to us at speed? And what is the speed you listen to us at? And how impatient in life do you need to be to not be able to sit for 40 minutes and just listen to us talk? Since, since Adam was a boy, people have spoken at the same speed at the same rate. Why do we need to film the picking people up in podcast? Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.